This is Real Talk. Hi there, I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, creatrix and founder of The Happiness Clinic. I'm the world's premier nerd on communication and relationship dynamics, helping make relationships easier by showing you how to get out of your way, how to get more of you in your life so that you can be happy as fuck. Hi there, it's Dr. Joylyn Maniachi and welcome to Your Power Hour. This is your time to put what's on your mind, on my mind, and we're gonna have some real talk because this is a no fluff, no bullshit zone. This is where it's real, it's authentic, and we talk about things that matter so that we can have change that actually moves us into having more of ourselves. That's the entire goal of relationship real talk. Because when I'm talking about the relationship, it's the relationship we have with ourselves that determines the health of all others. And so when we're talking about relationship, it's how we relate to ourselves and how we are relating to others and looking at it from the inside instead of worrying so much about how we are being perceived and living by watching because that doesn't work. We are creating life through observing and witnessing and making choices based on how we feel inside and what is getting created for us and by us. That is what we are up to today. And today I talked about the winter of our discontent, which I have always liked the phrase. It seems very poetic and it was not at all what I thought it meant. I, the winter of our discontent, I looked it up because I, it is an, it's a novel by John Steinbeck that I have not read that one. And apparently in it, the phrase is to say, we are in the winter and better days are to come. And like a lot of phrases, they have been bastardized and only half of it's been touted and so we have lost the meaning. Just like to pull oneself up by their bootstraps has been kind of sold as that's what we're supposed to do. And that means you're self-efficacious and doing things well. It's actually the entire phrase is meaning it's sort of impossible and stupid because it's not how things were designed to go. So the winter of our discontent is not something to be feared. It is not something that we have to walk with our heads and our faces low, thinking that this is how things are and how they're going to stay. It is a winter, it is a season. And so it will change and it will pass. But what I think is interesting is what sort of comes up in the winter and with the winter to where let's have some real talk about some seasonality so that we don't go into reaction mode and then have to repeat this bullshit next year. So when it comes to winter, today is December 1st. And so today is the first day of meteorological winter. So in, in the United States and the Northern Hemisphere, this is considered uh, the first day of winter. Now, the actual astrological winter won't start till the 20th or 21st on the winter solstice. But in general, for most of us, it's already gotten cold as I'm wearing a shirt with palm trees and I'm in a place that's having a heat spell, so it'll be 85 today. But for a lot of us, and especially growing up, December was when winter started 
and the holiday season goes full blown, okay? So we've, we've got that. The nights are getting longer. There's just more darkness than there is daylight. That's just how the pattern goes when we're living in the Northern Hemisphere here. And for an added bonus, this weekend on Saturday, December 4th, is a solar eclipse, which unless you are planning to visit Antarctica, you will not be able to see it. So we won't really actually even recognize that it happens. But when any time there is some sort of big uh, astrological event like that, when we're talking about relationship and relationship we have with ourselves, part of our relationship is how we are related and part of it all. And these big things will have energetic implications for us. And anytime there's an eclipse where a shadow is blocking something that is normally light, there is a call to go in. A longer night is a call to go in and we are still moving to the longest night of the year on solstice. And so the energy of winter right now is for us to go in. Now what's been coming up, what I'm hearing from a lot of clients is this inward moving energy doesn't feel as happy or as carefree or necessarily as light. And so it's getting touted as immediately seasonal affective disorder and depression and I'm going down the tubes and I'm in a funk, there's melancholy. And there will be some elements of these, but for a lot of us who have dealt with cycles, that seasonal affective disorder for a lot of us will actually happen more closer to January when it's not lifted <laughs> and it stays dark and it's still gray. Um, and so those things are real. There are things to do, especially vitamin D and getting outside, whether or not it's sunny, but getting outside will actually help. And vitamin D are two big things that you can really do for those things so that you don't fall into those. But to also just embrace the inward moving energy. And where a lot of us get sort of stuck is it seems completely juxtaposed to the outward moving energy of the hustle and bustle of the holly jolly seasonal traditional get ready for things. But what's actually when we go back to tradition, those holidays were actually celebrating the return of the light. They were actually rituals and ceremonies that were saying, we know this isn't going to last forever. And we are looking forward to the light coming back and we're gonna celebrate it and hold it special in our hearts and share what we do have. Cause winter is generally a time of dearth, but we're actually going to be uh, creating a sense of abundance and sharing and joy and, and putting things that are sparkly out, which I love this for the sparkles, but to remind us that the light is there and to catch the light and, and do these things. And so the commercialization of the holidays has actually done us a disservice because it's trying, it's, it's like we're being told that we should be feeling things and operating in an outward moving energy when everything about the universe and our night and our meteorology and the weather is telling us to move in. And so finding a way to honor that inward moving energy we will actually find a greater sense of harmony and balance and probably a restoration of the joy of the holiday season in remembering what it was really supposed to be for. To remember that we're moving in to reflect on how we wanna 
B, when the light returns. When our energy does move outward, how is it that we want to direct that energy? We get a chance to reflect and say, do I like how I have been showing up? Are the relationships that I'm in, are the choices that I'm making, are they congruent with what I am creating, what I want to create? What, in, in this dark time, we actually just get time to reflect on what does bring me joy? Who am I? What do I want to bring to the world? What would I like to receive in and from the world? And these are the times where we are being told to be quiet. Shh. I, I think that's what Snow says. Shh. to where we listen to ourselves. And with eclipses and dark nights of the soul, because I do think that they play in here, we are being called to go in to the deep wounding, to the place that hurts, so that we will listen and say what needs to be healed. And so the, the big point here really is that the winter of our discontent, A, it's not gonna last forever, it's a season. The celebration was designed to celebrate that the light is coming back. And there's a sense of gratitude and joy and expectation in that that's, that's exciting and, and bubbly and enthusiastic. And that right now the energy is being called to go in so let's honor that instead of fighting it and telling ourselves that it's bad, it's yuck, it's melancholy. So instead of reacting to it and telling ourselves that we're out of nature, that that's actually if we lean in and go in, we'll actually be in harmony with nature and we might find a greater sense of synchronization and, and an inner like peace a joy that's inside that's maybe not so bubbly and outward moving at the moment, but will be because we'll be nurturing it. And then in that, going into some of the uncomfortable spots, the dark spots, the places where we haven't wanted to look, to say there's still something there that needs to be healed. And when you're doing that, and how do you know you're in the dark night of the soul? Because it's become very uh, popular term and thrown around, I think, a little too loosely. And I will say that there isn't just one. I have gone through several. I am in one right now. And that is what I'd really like to say. They get easier. I'm in one right now, and I am not falling to bits and pieces like I did a decade and five years ago. Because a dark night of the soul is really just when you are, you're coming to call with old versions of yourself, old wounds, and, and your reality is shattering because a new one is needing to emerge. And it will hurt worse the longer that we resist it and say, I can't absolutely not do this. It's inconvenient. I will not look at this. It's too painful. We intensify and multiply our pain when we refuse to feel any. When we refuse to be uncomfortable, we are going to magnify the discomfort of it. But one of the, some of the signs, I was just kind of looking up to see like what was around. And, and so when you, an interpretation, how we interpret what's actually going on is going to by and large determine our experience of it, of how shitty or amazing this dark night of the soul is. Because one of the things is you're going to feel lost. You're losing reference points people, places, activities, things of ways that I define myself are now being called into question. 
So there is this groundless, this feeling of groundlessness, of total uncertainty, not knowing who I am, where I am. For me, I just got divorced. I used to be someone's wife. I used to know who my family was, and now all of that is changing. I used to be an Idahoan, and now I'm a Californian. And, and seeing how all these things are changing. So there will be uncertainty, that's a given. But how much you feel lost, powerless, hopeless, or overwhelmed is going to be determined by how you, how you interpret the situation. And yeah, I feel a little bit lost. I am glad I'm blonde because I feel very blonde because I think people are wanting answers for me that I don't have right now. I haven't been here long enough to know where I wanna settle down, if I wanna settle down. Uh, my business is gonna be changing. There's gonna be some changes there and how I provide. But it hasn't all become clear. And it's gonna be worse if I try to rush it and force it and push it. Remember, we talked about the do's and don'ts of spiritual growth, of which the dark night of the soul is an absolute key point. So you can't try so hard. You can't do it, you can't make it happen. You have to, what we are doing now in this paradigm shift is learning how to receive. To actually relax into receiving and knowing that we're part of this. That we are part of the whole, that we are cared for and held. There's no exclusion here and so it will come. So to the extent that, and, and it gets easier as we go through these because we see how we reacted and oh, I was a total spaz there and it worked out okay. And oh, that was the worst thing I could have ever thought would happen and it's okay now. And when we do that enough, we can start to be like, I think this one's gonna turn out okay. And some people around me look at me like I'm a bit naive. And that's okay. But this time there is a certainty inside that the uncertainty won't last and that I am gonna be okay. And yes, there are some habits of financial stress. I have a tendency to do that. That is very well ingrained from my childhood. And to wonder what's next and wanting to know what it's gonna look like and wanting someone else to provide that for me and knowing that I'm gonna to have to do that. All of these things are coming up. But there's just such a solid core sense of I didn't get led here to starve or just get by. I was asking for some magnificent change and this is how it started to roll out and play out and I've actually started, hindsight is twenty twenty. you look at when you get the chance to reflect and you go in and, and you take these longer nights and you sort of just get quiet. I see that so many choices from the last two years have led me to this point, including things that you wouldn't even think of like intermittent fasting actually began some of the demise of my marriage. Isn't that weird? But now it's all starting to piece together because what intermittent fasting did was create space for me to actually process. These longer nights actually give us space to actually process, to actually feel our feelings, to actually be aware of ourselves and say, are you okay? How are things? How do you like them? What are you feeling? And you actually have the time to listen. And that started happening and becoming aware of this isn't working for me. This is stunting my growth. I am not gonna abide by abuse anymore. And, and over it took you know, over a year for that to, to get me to here. So just to say it's not linear, but how stressful it is will be determined by how we interpret it and how much we're reacting to it and refusing to experience what it is we're actually experiencing anyway, okay?
Uh, next is there might be a change in interest. Again, that's a reference point in a lot of how we define ourselves is, oh, I'm a runner, I'm a yoga enthusiast, I'm a mom, I'm a uncle. And we define ourselves with these, but then we sometimes have to re-examine because the truth is we're so much more than that. And if we just have created something, it becomes too small and we can either start to resent it, so we'll create some anger, so we'll bust out of it. But if we actually listen and go in with the moving inward energy, we can actually hear, this is just too small, it's time to change. So that, I don't know that anybody's had a great divorce, I haven't heard that yet. Mine wasn't great, but it definitely wasn't horrible because I listened to the point where I was like, I, I wasn't gonna take any more. So I didn't have to get to the point where I actually hated anyone, himself or me, to where it was just like, this needs to go. And so it actually worked out fairly quickly. So these things are possible, but knowing that a change in activities and a change in social circle also often happens. A lot of times it'll shrink before it gets bigger. That's expansion, contraction. This is the way of the universe and it just comes in waves. It just comes in cycles. And we're just in the winter cycle where things are contracting and getting a little bit smaller. And so instead of reacting and thinking that that's something wrong, that we're getting depressed and we have to do something right now, that, oh my God, something's wrong with me, I gotta fix it, we actually just say, oh, I wonder if this is part of that cycle she was talking about, and we can relax and give it just a little bit more time and have a little bit more ease with that. Some physical and mental symptoms always come up with this. It, and it, if there's a similar resonance, as far as inward moving energy can feel lower, so it won't feel as when you're happy, bubbly, boisterous, and you just wanna be out and about in the hustle and bustle. And so you might think that there's something's wrong, but it's not. Some weird symptoms might come up. Again, your body speaks in symptoms and it's going to tell you what is still needing to be healed. I don't know if I told you guys, I might not have been able to, maybe I did, uh, right before uh, I was getting ready to move, to actually load the trailer, two days before I was getting ready to load, to move my life three states away, my wrist hurt so bad. There was a big bump on this side and I didn't fall. I couldn't explain it, but I was at dinner with a friend and it started hurting and by the end I was actually holding it and I thought I was gonna have to go uh, to, um, a, a doctor to get an injection so that I could load the trailer. But I contacted a coach and she actually, that there was some bondage there. There was memories of some sort of like being tied and bound to where I did some energetic work and by two days I was at about 80% better and now it's 100%. So there's sometimes some weird things because there was a call to cut some more cords to break the, the chains of, of being bonded. Whether it was this life or the last life, it doesn't really matter. The narrative wasn't important. It was actually just recognizing that there was still some stuckness there. And so working with symptoms and not, again, always reacting and thinking that I have to stop them, there's something wrong. If they become life-threatening, then you do, that's true. But to sometimes, and it, it is difficult because it's painful and it's uncomfortable, but to witness them and say, what is the message here? Some dreams, I'm not a big dreamer, so that's not something that I go into much, but your dreams can kind of change with a dark night of the soul. 
And then again, we're connecting with our inner child. And one thing that's magical about the holidays is there is so much magic here so that as much as there's dealing with a wounded inner child, there's also getting in touch with that childlike wonder and remembering magic. That magic is a legitimate possibility for how to work through things. That when you're a child, you just ask because that's the fastest way to find out if something's possible. When you're a child, you actually expect that things are going to work out for you because that's just actually the truth of our design and we're still connected with our universal design and divinity to where we, we expect things to go well until we've been trained enough times to think that they won't. So that there is this call to go to that wounded inner child and say, what do you need? So that you feel safe, so that you feel welcome to where you feel loved entirely, unconditionally. What do you need? Where was that wounding? And let me be that for you. And then also as that part gets healed, this childlike wonder is going to grow inside of you. And the change in activity might be, sometimes might be something that you used to do, or might just be, I've always wanted to learn how to scuba dive. I've always just wanted to mosaic, like anything. It could be anything of just, you know, finding things out and doing things for play, meaning without purpose. There's no money. There's no actual outcome driven. It's just to, just to satisfy some curiosity and to start building your life that way. So these are the light things that are coming out of this winter of our discontent in the dark night of the soul. And it will happen. And it will happen faster and easier the less that we resist this and think that this is something wrong. Or even a lot of people in the spiritual circles know that this is something that happens, but that it's, it's a brace yourself. Brace yourself because you don't know how long it'll last and it's really hard and it's super serious. And let me tell you, that just makes it last longer, okay? It gets easier, like if it's your first time, and here's the other thing that I've got to mention. You're learning how to do something that you've never done. So you're gonna feel like you're fucking up a lot. So that if you actually feel like you're fucking up, that does not actually mean that you're fucking up. It is likely that A, you are actually aware of a choice point where you could either behave how you've always behaved and done what you've always done and knowing how that's going to turn out because you've done it enough. And you're at that point where you would like to do something else, but you're not exactly sure what that something else is or how it's going to turn out because you haven't chosen it yet or you've chosen it and gotten mixed results with it. So that you feel like that's where we feel kind of lost and we'll just feel like, well, I'm screwed if I do or I don't, okay? But when we do choose things that we already know that we feel like, oh, I fucked up, I backslid. But really what it is is you've actually just expanded your awareness and now you are aware of every step of it. You saw the choice, you saw you make the choice, you see the consequences and what you're gonna have to deal with for having made the choice. And it's just a way of playing with your free will and learning more. And then also that when I feel like I'm fucking up, it's not. It's actually just I've sometimes I'm actually aware I'm choosing something that I've never chosen before. But how it's unfolding 
isn't done, so I don't even know how it's turning out yet. I'm in the freaking middle of it. So there is no wrongness here. It's just expanded and expanding awareness. And so like I put that thing on Facebook the other day of Bob Ross of don't be afraid to go out on a limb, that's where the fruit is. Don't be afraid to do something different. Don't be afraid to fuck up. Because for one, if you're doing it and you're feeling uncomfortable, it's probably a sign that you're doing something quote unquote right because you are getting off and out of the autopilot. So it is going to feel awkward. It is gonna feel weird and unnatural. There probably will be some subconscious drive and sabotage trying to get us to stay in. This is all normal. So instead of beating ourselves up for it and telling ourselves that we are doing something wrong, that we haven't done it right, that it's not happening fast enough, we can start to relax and say, this is how it goes. And inward moving energy isn't always comfortable. That's why everybody hates mercury retrograde because that's what the retrogrades do is they just change instead of outward moving energy, it's inward moving energy. So we have to take a look at the gunk inside that we haven't wanted to look at for a long time. We had it shoved down there for a bottom, but then the universe every once in a while just stirs the pot and gets it all up there. And that's what these eclipses and solstices are doing. So that right now, if you're seeing a lot of childhood stuff come up right now, it's because it's getting called to heal. And so instead of trying to push it down, instead of trying to push it out or blaming something, just tend to the kiddo. Are you okay? What do you need to tell me? What do you need me to hear? What would you like to say that you didn't get to say then? What would you like to ask for that you either didn't feel like it was okay to ask for or you were totally convinced you would never receive it? What can I give you now and be here now? Because here's the benefit of you making it into an adult. You absolutely know for 100% certain we made it through this. I'm standing living proof that we were stronger than that thing. But I tell you what, little kid, I love the hell out of you and I actually just don't wanna carry this piece anymore because it hurts me. So you tell me what you need so that we can set this down. This is the winter of our discontent and it will end, the thaw will come, the light will grow and this inner child will blossom if we listen, if we lean in and go with the inward moving energy. This is the big thing. Let me just check. And so then, because I always like to say, I, you know, these are, these are good concepts. And by and large, this is information that you can take and run with so that you don't have to react when you're feeling low. You don't have to react and say, oh, I need to, you know, take some vitamin D, get adequate rest, get outside during the daylight hours. Definitely do that. It will help. Also, simple rituals. Create light. Light a candle, whether it's in the morning when you meditate, at mealtime, before you go to bed, but light a candle and just be with it for a minute. See how much light one little candle can create and know that that's a metaphor for you. That's how much light you can create if you actually light up from the inside. But just a simple ritual that kind of gets you out of this beta brain hamster wheel mind and you just sort of look at the flame, it's a simple ritual, it's a simple meditation that actually gets you 
back uh, into touch with, with the whole. Other things, I had a client yesterday and we talked and I said, arts for the heart. There's a lot of heartbreak that's becoming churned up and we're becoming aware of it. Art is healing. Take some time to do arts and crafts. This is a great time. I don't love to do arts. I mean, I love arts and crafts, but in the summer, I always wanna be outside and doing something. But now when it's darker longer, what a great time to get out some colored pencils, some glitter and some glue, and I mean good grief. There's a million things you can do with glitter right now because it's holiday season. But just play, experiment with color and texture, play with foods. It's a fun time to see different kinds of spices. Get into some old world recipe books. You know, make one of those, I cannot think of the name, but the orange with the cloves poked in it, if you know the name, put it up there. I can't think of the word right now. But, but some of those old, old things, you know, and just create ornaments. Make sparkly somethings. Uh, write letters, journal. But arts and crafts are healing, and it will be a way that the heart gets to speak without the head getting in the way, because the head will be uh, working with the dexterity of the hands, okay? So you do arts and crafts, light a candle, and talk to your angels. We are in a really big shift right now. There's a lot of energy shifting, more so than the normal winter solstice, solar eclipse. There's just a big, huge paradigm shift happening right now and a lot of people waking up. And you guys know that if you sit somewhere and your limb falls asleep, that when you recognize it's asleep, when it starts to wake up, it's not the most pleasant sensation. That's what's happening here. With this dark night of the soul, we become aware of how asleep we've been and the waking up is a little bit tingly and uncomfortable. Ooh, Dawn says she's working on a baby blanket. That sounds awesome. It's so good to have arts and crafts, to just be able to let the mind relax and let the heart speak and, and to give something for our hands to do is so healing. So that's an amazing project. You should put a picture in the group when you're done. I want to see what it looks like, Dawn. Um, but to talk to your angels as well, because there are, as your social circles are changing and as you're moving the energy in, you are reconnecting with the divinity in you. And so there are divine beings around you who are so happy to be part of helping you to remember who you really are and to come out and through this dark night and to shine, that's what they want for all of us. And so you can ask them for help. When you are struggling with boundaries, not knowing how to say no without hurting everybody's feelings, how to cut cords without blaming a lot of people, when you are feeling really at the emotional pits and seeing how much abuse you've taken and how bad it hurts, ask them to help with comfort. They will be there because that's what they love to do. And then there's me. I am also a resource. I am your living, breathing model of that the dark night of the soul does not have to swallow you whole, that you can wear a shirt with palm trees and move to sunnier places if that's what is called for you. But that moving in is what allows higher levels of living and loving of a more joyful and fuller expression of you to be on this planet, to be able to unapologetically take up space and by doing so, actually give other people permission to do the same. Because there's enough for all of us. And I would like you to know the abundance of what is possible, of the juiciness of this dark night of the soul.
this is what I want for you guys. And this is what I create all of my programs to, to be able to provide. So whether it's a 90 day relationship or model where we're working one-on-one -on -one and we're really getting into it. And I'd say, if you've got the ability to do it, choose that one. Cause it's the juiciest, it's the fastest, it's the deepest. And I'd say perhaps the most fun because it is totally tailored to you. Or the six week get unstuck and happy as fuck challenge, get on the wait list. Cause we're going to be starting in early January because what better time than the new year to actually start a whole like platform quantum leap into a new you or it's still available. The happiness brain training, which I think I, I made the Thanksgiving, the black Friday, small business, Saturday, cyber Monday, whatever. We'll just call it a holiday celebration, 77 bucks. And you get 66 days of me every morning. You get a text that's going to put in your mind. Who are you now? When you answer, how do I want to show up? Every day you're going to say, this is how I'm showing up for me today. This is how I'm showing up for me today for 66 days. And that changes your brain, but that's also got a nighttime. What are you grateful for today? And to start developing a habit of gratitude and the, the search for gratitude is actually what changes your brain. These are alchem alchemical transformational changes that are actually changing your physiology and which DNA you are coding for so that your health is improving emotional, spiritual, mental, physical, and that it takes an average of 66 days to create this new habit. So it's 66 days of me making sure you're showing up this way. And yeah, of course your awareness is going to expand and be like, I am so aware that I'm not showing up this way, but we just keep going because that's what it takes. And I'm with you in that group because I love participating. So I'm always there. So there are three amazing ways to use me as a resource, uh, your personal guide through a dark night of your soul and through the winter of your discontent so that come spring, because January is still a little bit too early. So don't judge yourself. You're not there by January, but that when the light starts returning, that you are shining brighter with that. All right. So, that is the winter of our discontent. It's a season. It's not going to last as long if we don't react. And if we don't resist, it is so much easier. It's a part of the process. And if we lean in and listen to the cues of the universe and go in and heal that wounded child and get more curious about what brings us joy, that that's what will start to emerge as the light returns naturally, because we will have learned that we're in harmony and sync with the entire universe. And it's going to give us cues of when it's time to start emerging and showing our bright and beautiful selves to the world. Okay. So I would love to work with you. So definitely get a hold of me. Let's set up a call for clarity and we will get some clarity on what it is that you need help with and which program is going to work best for you. All right. So that is your power hour for this first day of meteorological winter, December 1st. And I am already looking forward to talking to you next week. So until then, I love you madly. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, and it's been a pleasure chatting with you. This podcast is made possible through listener support. So let's keep this thing going and have more real talk. No fluff, no bullshit. Go to the Happiness Clinic page on Facebook and you can join the group Real Talk with Dr. Joylyn Maniachi. 
We can continue the conversation in Power Hour, the weekly group coaching, on Wednesdays at noon, Mountain Time. You can also go to IHappenToThings.com. Go to the podcast page and support this podcast. While you're there, check out my blog and even get a badass t-shirt from the Happiness Clinic. We've got so many ways to connect. Thanks again for listening, and I invite you to join me again in the next episode.